scripture portion for today is taken from the book of Colossians, chapter 2. Colossians, chapter 2, verses 9 to 15. 9 to 15, Colossians 2. I am reading from the NIV version, New International Version. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us, and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Thank you. Good morning and happy Easter to all of you. And uh, of course, as somebody said earlier, you know, the celebration of Easter in the last two times has gone through a major change with the lockdown. Last year, I remember Easter was just after the lockdown. And uh, since then, you know, the way we have celebrated has changed. And uh, I've been listening to conversations about people finding it very uncomfortable, you know, celebrating without meeting people. And some of them especially have the uh, practice of meeting very early in the morning for a sunrise service. And I think some churches uh, had sunrise service today. I was aware of it because I saw, uh, I received info information on, you know, to join on YouTube for an in-person service, not just outside Delhi, but even in Delhi. And uh, so, you know, it's a very unusual time that we are in and uh, celebrating uh, Easter in such situations seems to be much more stranger. But Easter itself is a very unusual festival. You know, not everybody, in fact, it's very hard to understand uh, what, you know, for the world outside as to what we are celebrating because there's no parallel at all. The birth of Jesus, birth of religious leaders, birth of important personalities is celebrated all over the world. And then the death, of course, is remembered. And uh, many of the religious leaders, uh, unfortunately, you know, founders of religion, their death is uh, not a very significant death. You know, many of them I know are reading through different ways in which some people have died. Some have died after eating food, which was, uh, which gave them, uh, you know, some stomach problems, and then they died, 
or different ways in which religious leaders died. But Jesus' death is un unusual. And that is why we call it a Good Friday. I remember when I was working with the government, uh, my boss or my colleague, you know, we both used to have long conversations. And he asked me, why do you call the death of Jesus, the founder of Christian faith, as a Good Friday? And it gave me a good opportunity to talk to him about it. And then Easter, of course, no, you know, one is that it falls on a Sunday. And so for most people, they don't even know that there is a festival that is happening. And because it's not a government, it may be a government holiday, but it's on a Sunday. So most people don't know what's happening. And then unlike Christmas, uh, you know, there is no great celebration. Uh, sure, you know, and uh, the market is totally unaware as to how to celebrate. They land up with Easter egg or uh, whatever they come up with, which has no connection at all to the very fact of uh, what happened on this day. And I like the way the children put up the play and asking people what Easter means. Uh, but very interesting is that uh, it was a very central, more than the Good Friday, which came in later on, very early, the earliest church celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. That is one of the reasons they gathered together on the first day of the week. And that was very significant. Good Friday, as you know, we do it today, a day to remember the death of Jesus was not at all very much part of the history of the early church's remembrance. In fact, they remembered the death of Jesus during the communion time, because every time they broke bread, they declared, they proclaimed the death of Jesus. That's what they were doing. But what was an event which they remembered, if there is, it was mainly the resurrection of Jesus. And uh, the resurrection of Jesus, unfortunately, these days, uh, finds no great celebration in the community of Jesus followers, because we are not sure how to celebrate it. And it's a very unusual, it's not something that everybody can understand. But I believe it's very significant. You know, in fact, uh, according to Christian historians or church historians, uh, until Martin Luther came into the scene, uh, you know, the, the birth, the death of Jesus was celebrated more as, this, as a, a victory over the devil, victory over Satan. So it was Christ the victor, which was what was celebrated. Martin Luther is the one who brought in this whole aspect of personal salvation, which is definitely there. Jesus came into the world to die for our sins. But the main aspect of remembrance was Christ the victor. He overcame. And so this morning, when I wanted to look at when uh, Brother Joseph had asked me, if I would bring the word on this occasion, I want to thank uh, Brother Joseph, the elders of SDC, and especially the pastor for the privilege for ministering God's word. Uh, and the first thought that came to me was, how do I remember or how do I want, or at least how does the Bible remember the act of Jesus in the resurrection? And uh, there's a lot about resurrection in the Bible, you know, different ways in which it has been looked at and the significance of the resurrection cannot be missed out. And, uh, and when we look at it, you know, there are certain verses in the Bible which capture, 
you know, almost uh, everything that is said. For instance, one of the young people referred to John 3.16. And they say in John 3.16, you find the whole of the gospel. And, uh, you know, the New Testament writers, especially people like Apostle Paul, in their writing, had this capacity to make certain statements which put together a lot of things. And one such statement is what I want to look at this morning. Of course, the reference, which is the scripture which was read to us will also be considered. But I'm going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10. And this is what the Apostle Paul talks about. He says, it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. One statement which summarized all that happened on the day when Jesus rose up from the grave. And there are, as I said, such beautiful statements. One statement which, if you unpack, contains all that the gospel contains. And here, the Apostle Paul, talking about the death of Jesus and the resurrection, says he destroyed death and brought to life and immortality to light through the gospel. Now, Paul's letter to Timothy, and especially 2 Timothy, was to encourage young Timothy who was someone whom Paul had nurtured to courageously stand because Timothy was a very timid person. We know from the writing, not only in 2 Timothy, but even in the book of Acts and other places where there is mention of Timothy, that uh, he was a very timid person and very much needed encouragement. And Paul, as the mentor who actually invested in Timothy, was somebody who was writing this letter to encourage Timothy. And one of the things that it seems to be that Timothy was kind of, uh, not I wouldn't say he was scared, but he needed to be encouraged was not to be scared of death. Because he says earlier, in you know, because Paul was in prison when he was writing this letter. So it says in verse 8 of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or me, his prisoner. Rather join me in suffering for the gospel and the power of, by the power of God. And so he goes on to talk about it. Basically, the context is Timothy was in a place where he was... Uh, ashamed or he was reluctant to suffer, you know, because, you know, Timothy was uh, placed by Paul in Ephesus and people were talking to Timothy and asking him whether he was aware of the fact his good friend Paul was in prison. And there were a lot of people who were dying for the gospel. And he says, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the suffering. He says, join me, don't be ashamed of me, the prisoner of Christ Jesus. Now, death, interestingly, was um, is not only a problem for Timothy, but for everyone. 2020, if there is one, I, I don't know whether there has been a study on the vocabulary of the year. And I think I wouldn't be wrong to mention if there was one word, of course, coronavirus was a new word, COVID was a new word, but these were, and pandemic was a popular word. 
But I think in the conversation of the people, death became very central. And uh, not only because people died, but even if you open the newspaper, they will give you the number of people who were infected by the COVID, uh, the pandemic, and also the number of deaths. It was almost like following the scores of a cricket match or a football match. You know, how many deaths this morning? You know, that is, and again, now the numbers are going up and people are concerned about the number of people dying and the number of people being infected. And death became something which was very real. In fact, many times people were encouraged not to go out, largely because the, the pandemic was spreading and the possibility of not just being infected, but also dying was always presented as a possibility. And, and interestingly, and add to that, we have this whole problem of uh, what we call you know, conspiracy theories. And uh, so I read so many things. You know, I read about how you know, the COVID vaccine, you know, not COVID vaccine, the disease itself was uh, originated with the intention of killing so many people. And it was something where there were humans behind and uh, some nations were even identified as possible origins of the disease. And then to make things worse, we had the uh, bio vaccine, which was introduced. And I got letters, uh, you know, which people were circulating saying that there is an agenda to kill people using this uh, vaccine. I don't think I read anything to say that the vaccine was the mark of the beast, but almost close to it, you know, and, you know, and uh, it is not as though the Christians were not guilty of propagating it. You know, some of us have an ability to forward mail without reading the content of it. And, and as soon as it is a glamorous thing, you know, it is possible that the vaccine don't go out, you know, even you know, when I was thinking of going for taking the vaccine, and I know there were so many people who were reluctant. Of course, some people were reluctant because they didn't believe that the vaccine was effective because the process was not followed according to them. But some people believe that you will die as soon as you take it. And, uh, and of course, they found one or two stories which they sent out. And the whole issue is, you know, people, and I heard even some people tell, you know, we, you know, we are, we don't go out anyway, so we don't need the vaccine, but actually they were scared of dying, you know, but they had to find out some excuse. Now, I realized that the fear of death became very central in 2020 and 2020, and I don't think things are going to improve. We're still living in that possibility. Uh, and of course, all of us are aware that death can come to anyone. You know, some of us perhaps, you know, in the last few months have lost loved ones. Day before yesterday, I lost a friend, uh, you know, somebody who worked in the organization where I was working before. He was only 41 years old and he was from Jharkhand. And, uh, you know, he was actually um, from Ranchi and he died in Saib Ganj, you know, uh, got COVID. So, and then a few weeks ago, ago it was somebody older than that. And uh, so the possibility of death is there. We don't have to go out and invite death. But on the other hand, the reality, you know, and many young people are struggling with this whole issue of what will happen to us, what will happen to our loved ones. And so in the context of death being so real, you know, today we are meeting to celebrate 
resurrection. And I think it's an important area to ask ourselves, what are we actually celebrating when we remember Jesus' resurrection? And I want to look at two or three things in this particular statement that Paul says. The first thing that Paul says is that Jesus' resurrection was the destruction of death. He uses the word that our savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death, very strong words. And death in the Christian understanding is that which came into the world through sin. You know, but we know from our own knowledge of the Bible that it was through one man's disobedience, sin came into the world. And death, the Bible says, is the penalty or the cost of sin. The wages of sin is death. The biblical language is very clear. But when it talks about death, it's not only talking about physical death, but it's talking also about spiritual death. And I believe it's much more than just physical or spiritual. It affects every area. It affects relationships. And so when Jesus died, it was that defeat of death defeat of death and including the physical death. It doesn't mean that we won't die. If Jesus doesn't come during our lifetime, all of us will die. And my prayer is that we won't die young, but we will live a full life and die. But on the other hand, that death itself is not permanent. And that is what Jesus' resurrection showed. He destroyed the death as the final destination. Death no longer is the final destination. Because Jesus' resurrection says that death is not permanent and death has been abolished. And when he abolished death, he abolished a few other things. Firstly, he abolished the penalty of sin because death was the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death. So when Jesus abolished death, he abolished the fact that we have to pay for our sins. And that is why in the death of Jesus Christ, we receive forgiveness. Paul writing to the Colossians would say, canceling our sins. Very important. There is no other way under sun by which our sins will be forgiven other than in the name of Jesus. We sang about that great name. So resurrection, one of the most central aspects of resurrection is the destruction of death. The word used in other translation is abolishing death and very powerful enemy. Death is an enemy. And in another place, Paul would say, death, where is thy sting? Sin, where is thy sting? Because death is something which is permanent. And I'm sure many of us have loved, have lost loved ones. And I know, you know, uh, even when I look at some of the faces on the screen, I know you've lost loved ones, your parents maybe or friends and one of the things is that death is so final you can't just do anything I have stood next to my father when he passed away when my mother passed away you know and that's it you know till then there is a lot of hope and when it happens and the doctor tells you you know your father has died or the doctor says your mother is no more you know there's a kind of emptiness that comes in of course, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, we don't grieve. We don't grieve like the world does. But definitely the finality, the, the, the 
the end of death in the end of life hits you when you are standing next to somebody who has died doesn't matter how old you know last week i heard somebody i heard about somebody who died who was she was in her 90s you know and uh, you know doesn't matter 90 or even a newborn child there is a kind of a finality about death and what jesus did was he abolished death and he told us this is not final this is not final and the very fact that he rose up from the grave was a clear statement that death is not final but it's also got an issue because death is not final the writer of hebrews says death comes once and then comes judgment we can't live as though once we die everything is over the bible says after death there is judgment because we live because of jesus resurrection we know death is not final we better live a life in a way that we have to give account for the way we live on earth because death is not final we can't say okay i don't care because once i die everything is over no bible says jesus said no he came back and told us that i will go to prepare a place for you he said earlier and very important is that death is not final paul in marsils he talks and says by the resurrection of jesus god has given us a clear statement that all of us will have to stand before god for judgment so it says here he abolished death and not only did he abolish the finality of death as a physical event but he also destroyed or he abolished the finality of death in destroying our relationship with god colossians and in, in ephesians chapter 2 he says he made alive he made us alive in christ jesus because now we are no longer dead in our sin but now we are alive in jesus christ and that is why the people who claim to know the resurrected jesus cannot live as though they don't have life in them they can cannot live as though there is no life i remember hearing about a preacher who was preaching in an evangelistic meeting in some town and uh, at the end of it he gave a call anyone who wants to have eternal life can come forward he will pray for them and one young girl who was in the audience was all excited because she had come to know jesus and she wanted to tell about jesus to everyone there was an old man who was standing a little further off so she went up to him and said uncle do you know jesus as your savior do you have eternal life the question was do you have eternal life and the old man was quite angry because this young girl came to him and asked him that question so with a very rude voice he looked at her and said i think i have and the preacher who was speaking to someone in the front through the corner of his eye he saw what was happening and after a few minutes he called the little girl to him and said what happened so she said i went to this uncle who was standing there and asked him whether he had eternal life and the preacher said what did he say he said i think i have and then the little girl added and said but it doesn't look like he has you know remember you can't talk about the resurrected life of jesus and live as though we don't have that life 
that life is something that will have to be seen in us because death has been abolished. And now we have been made alive to God. And God gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can have that relationship with God. And 2020 has been a year in which we have seen the shallowness of the followers of Jesus. On the one hand, they talked about Jesus as though Jesus was living forever, but every day they lived under the fear of death in every conversation. And it's not possible. That is what your neighbors are doing. But you and I who know Jesus would have to incorporate our belief in the resurrected Jesus by actually living a life that is alive to God. And then Paul, as we saw in Colossians, he abolished in death. One important thing was all the charges against us. It says he nailed it to the cross. And not only did he nail it to the cross, he actually disarmed powers and principalities. In defeating death, he defeated all the powers and principalities who use death to threaten people. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says, you know, all the life people lived as slaves of death, fear of death. But in Jesus' abolition of death, he took away the fear of death. So that we as Christians, not that we should not, we should go out and look for opportunities to die, but we don't have to live as though death is going to affect us. And tomorrow, so we are all sitting inside the house, scared to go out. I remember hearing in one of the, you know, reading about, you know, different legends about Lazarus and Lazarus, uh, you know, the man who Jesus rose from the grave. You know, he went on to be a very old man and he was killed actually during the persecution. And it seems one of the emperors arrest, arrested him and brought him before and he didn't know who this Lazarus was. And uh, he told him, you know, if you, you know, old man, he said, if you deny this Jesus, you know, I, I will allow you to go free. Otherwise, I will have to kill you. You will be killed. You will die. And Lazarus had a smile on his face. So the emperor looked at the people who were standing next to him and said, is he mad that he didn't understand what I'm talking to him? I said, he will die. And then they looked at the emperor and said, actually, he died already once. So he does not have any more fear of death. And very interesting, that is how the early church lived. They had no fear of death because God had disarmed powers and principalities. He had abolished death. And one more thing we want to quickly look at and close is that Paul said not only did he abolish death, but also he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You know, through the gospel we preach, through the good news of what Jesus did, two things happened. Two things were brought to light. One, the quality of life. You know, the quality of life. Jesus said, I have come to give you life, life that is everlasting. And when Jesus rose up from the grave, there was a clear evidence that this overflowing life, because earlier in John's gospel, it said that Jesus said, out of you will flow rivers of living water. And John says he was talking about the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given because Jesus was not glorified. Now that Jesus had risen from the dead and Jesus said, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. 
you know what happens is now jesus because of his resurrection showed them the evidence of the quality of life that comes because of his resurrection after his resurrection his appearances he talked about peace he talked about joy and very important is that the resurrected jesus defined or brought to light the quality of life that is available in him that is why we can't celebrate resurrection without acknowledging the need for such a life in our life that we live a life that is overflowing and not just that he said and immortality the word actually is un incorruptible paul in rome in first corinthians 15 talking about the new body that he will get he said what is corruptible was sown and will rise up as incorruptible the resurrection showed brought to light the new body that we will have the body that jesus had and he says this is the new body the resurrected body you know last one year since uh, last january you know i said many of us have lost people some to covid some for other reasons and we laid to rest many of those people and sometimes the covid funerals were the most depressing funeral because you don't even know who you are burying you know sometimes they allow you to see but many times they don't and i remember seeing a funeral you know at the beginning of the covid ca last year and it was two sons of the central dbf uh, member who died and only the two sons and the people from the hospital and the people from the cemetery were there and it's so sad to see it but what the bible says is jesus defined and said that we who have died or who will die what is corruptible will rise up as incorruptible and jesus showed us that by his resurrection this is the kind of new body that i you will have we don't know how john says we will look like but one thing we know when we see jesus we will all be transformed so this is what it is jesus resurrection that's why we celebrate we celebrate the fact that death has been abolished and we can live a life which is the fullness of life and knowing fully well that even if we die what is sown as corruptible will rise up as incorruptible and that gives us a great assurance we as the body of christ don't have to be reduced in this 2021 into non engagement you know because there are a lot of people you know and unfortunately christians are the larger of the groups which are not involved and we should be the ones who are engaged we look at history of the church the church was never never reduced to being non engaged community it was the salt and light and my prayer is that we will enjoy the resurrected power and we will express that resurrected presence in the world in which we live may god bless you and thank you very much for the opportunity to bring the word thank you <clears throat> thank you brother for bring out so clearly Christ's death and resurrection brought us life life everlasting which cannot be compared uh, to the uh, the satisfaction we get only in, in this world thank you very much for sharing that powerful word i'm going to invite pastor michael to come and 
close this time with a prayer and benediction. Thank you. Shall we look to God in prayer? Let us pray. I would also request the congregation to once again ignite your heart to take that one decision in your heart. This a beautiful day, memorable day, Easter day. We learned so much how Christ abolished death and brought life and immortality and light through Jesus Christ. What a blessing you and I have today. Reflect and you make a decision that you live for this Jesus Christ. Shall we also say, I will not fear death. I will not fear evil. Make a decision in your heart. You are welcome to contact anyone of us in the elders team or the pastor or anyone or even Brother C.B. Samuel to make your decision known to us and we would continue to uphold you in, uh, in our prayers. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, through Christ Jesus, you have done away the penalty of sin and done away the death, abolished death. What a glorious life now you are keeping in store for us. The eternal life, I thank you, Lord. And we thank and praise you, Lord Jesus, for plugging out the pain of death on the cross of Calvary. On the day of your resurrection, no lockdown could hold you, O Lord. And Lord, you have risen with the power and you are pouring that power of resurrection in every one of us to give us life eternal. Lord, therefore, we don't fear death. We don't fear evil. We don't fear even, Lord, penalty of sin because in Christ Jesus, we are resurrected. We believe in your Lord. To Lord, once again, we all of us surrender our lives to live our lives for the resurrected Lord Savior Jesus to send out the message of life in and through us. The fragrance of life will spread by the preaching of the message of the cross of Calvary. Lord Jesus, make us people of life in this, where the smell of death is spreading everywhere. But hallelujah, our Lord Jesus is alive today and we will live for him today. Giving our lives at the altar, giving our lives at the feet of the cross, at the feet of Jesus. We offer our prayer with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God the Father poured out his love by giving our Lord Savior Jesus, abolish death, give us life, light, immortality. May his Holy Spirit revive us and lead us and live a great victorious life. Amen. Thank you, Brother C.B. Samuel and And what a wonderful occasion to have you. We've been such a, you've been such a blessing to all of us. I take this opportunity also to remind we have birthday just approaching for Brother 
Reverend Prakash Jarj and uh, Renu Masi, God's blessing to all of you. And uh, have a wonderful day. Let us spread the light and the life through our lives. God bless you. Amen. You can switch on your mics and wish one another and say a word of greetings, word of encouragement to one another. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Thank brother. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure it's relevant to all the people, all the background, different